this is David and welcome to the Excel in Retirement show. In this show, I cover a lot of information. We talk about how we build financial plans to weather potential election volatility. We talk about what a true retirement plan is and I talk about what a Roth conversion is and how it works. And then we talk about what your retirement plan needs and doesn't need and what a written retirement plan is. I know you'll get a lot of good content out of this. Hello and welcome to the Excel in Retirement show. My name is David Treese and I am a financial advisor with clients Excel Financial in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And boy, I am honored that you would take a few minutes to listen to our show. And as a token of appreciation for that, I would love to send you a gift in the mail, just a small token of our appreciation. Just email us at connect at clientsexcel.com and tell us who you are and your address, and we'll drop that in the mail to you. Well, this is show 22, and we are making progress. Every Wednesday, we come out with a new show, and uh, this week, we're going to expand on the uh, election and, and provide some additional thoughts on how that could go. Back in show 21 last week, I spoke about that and gave you some of my opinions there, so you might want to go back and look at that. But they say hindsight is 2020. but whose hindsight could have told us 2020 was going to play out the way it has? No doubt you've looked at your smartphone, your tablet, your laptop, or watched TV and been amazed or bewildered or maybe even frustrated, maybe all at once. I know I have been. Waking up every day and trying to make sense of everything can be pretty daunting. And the virus has been commanding our attention, or at least it has for me a lot of the time this year. But guess what? On top of everything else we have going on in our country, we will elect a president in November. Whether you vote at your local precinct or you've already voted by mail, this election could be the most consequential of our lifetimes. And I know, I know, that's cliche. It gets repeated every year before presidential elections, it seems like. I know it has for everyone that I've ever followed, it seems like. Yet, the country, though, appears to be at the precipice of a diametric shift, really, but how could this election affect you in your retirement vision? We're focused on retirement planning here on the podcast, so I want to relate this to retirement planning. That's what we're here to discuss, and, uh, and so I want to drop in some actionable items that you can use to help you maintain, excuse me, to help you maintain control of your financial future and uh, take a 30,000-foot view of this year's presidential election. One of our goals at Clients Excel is to customize the written retirement plan we prepare especially for you. So your finances are ready for election day and beyond. It doesn't matter what happens with election day. We want to have an all-weather plan. Let's face it. While there are sharp differences between the two candidates, their personalities and their platforms, and what makes 2020 different, though, is, uh, is the novel coronavirus, COVID-19. This pandemic has changed how all of us really live, from social distancing to staying at home to wearing masks. This year has been crazy. The virus has tested our patience, and the results are not very positive, are they? The U.S. leads the rule. Uh, excuse me. The U.S. leads the world in coronavirus infections and deaths. 
However, our global stature as the giant in GDP makes it imperative for us to find ways to open our economy and overcome this devastating unemployment that we've seen. Talk to different market analysts and you will likely get different predictions about what the stock market might do in response to the election or numerous other factors at play right now. What we definitely remember is what happened in March, though. On March 9th, the Dow Jones sustained its largest point plunge to date. On March 11th, the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. On March 12th and March 16th, the stock market experienced two more record-setting point drops. The 13% drop on March 13th in the Dow Jones Industrial Average, almost 3,000 points, mind you, marked the single fastest drop in Dow history. As for the S&P 500, that index fell 30% in just 22 trading days. So then, before we continue this look into the presidential race, Keep in mind that financial issues we face in this country could have much of an impact as any election results in terms of what you should consider doing to help safeguard your financial future. Moves you can take now don't necessarily hinge on any election. How long will we go before another presidential election? Four years, right? How long will will your retirement last, though? Believe me, you'll have opportunities to vote for presidential candidates again and again. But let's continue to look at 2020, not just in terms of the election, but also circumstances that create different financial considerations for you to look at right now. Now, I know some of you really think that the stock market is going to react one way or another, depending on who carries enough states to get the decisive number of electoral votes. That number would be 270, by the way, 270 electoral votes. There's never any harm in examining historical trends for the stock market. Some predictions are based on such data. Election results and concerns stemming from who wins don't always shape the market the way some envision, right? Stock market returns during election years vary greatly. In this century alone, we saw a 16% jump in the market in 2012, the year Barack Obama won re-election by beating Mitt Romney. We also saw a 37% drop in 2008 when Obama defeated John McCain. Of course, that year we also had the Great Recession. We happen to be in a recession now, too, stemming from the economic impact of the coronavirus. What I'm getting at is this. Many factors influence the market, and yes, the election could be one of them. Regardless of whatever element is cited for an economic downturn, the fact is another 30% loss like we had in March to a $750,000 portfolio is $225,000 lost in the market. So if you have $750,000 saved for retirement and you lose 30% of that, that represents $225,000 that would be lost. I must emphasize that this could happen very quickly, like it did in March. If a retiree planned to draw $40,000 a year in income off of that portfolio in the future, he or she would have lost about 5.6 years of income, potentially in a few weeks of the market crashing. And that $225,000 they would have lost, well, that's significant. It may have originally taken them 10 or more years of hard work to have accrued that throughout their life. This is serious business, folks. 
Back in March, when the Dow dropped 13% and the S&P dropped 30% in the weeks that followed, we were steadily on the phone with our clients. And to be clear, we weren't on the phones because we were panicked. We weren't on the phones because our clients should have been panicked. We were simply reaching out to them to remind them of the plans we'd put in place for them for times just like these. Those were some of the best conversations I can remember having in years. But what was troubling about some of them was hearing from our clients saying things like, you know, our neighbors, they were down 27%. Or my sister just called me and they haven't even heard from their advisor yet. Are you certain you want to sit back and let the market volatility play out where it could reduce the value of your retirement accounts by $225,000? So the first concrete action you can take to put yourself in a better position regarding your financial picture is to find out exactly how much risk you're still taking in your investments. It's not at all uncommon for us to meet with folks who are either in retirement or are within a few years of retiring and still have 60 to 75% of their assets exposed to market risk. Look, if you can live life you've desired in retirement right now without having to take significant market risk to hopefully accumulate more, you likely should. Now, folks, I understand this flies in the face of some traditional wisdom, and I'm putting that in air quotes, traditional wisdom in air quotes. You may have heard brokers spout for decades now when the market starts to plummet, they're known for saying things like, just write it out, stay the course, or it'll come back. The problem here is There is no course on which to stay because we've never actually seen a combination of events like this before. There's never been a global pandemic anywhere near the magnitude of COVID-19 impacting U.S. and global markets with skyrocketing unemployment during an election year, leaving the foreseeable future incredibly unstable. So I don't mean to be too blunt, but anyone giving a blanket advice like just sit tight right now seems highly aloof to what's really going on. And you don't, you absolutely don't need to be taking risks to get you where you're going. That kind of exposure doesn't make sense for many of our clients. What we can offer is a free risk analysis. If you'd like to receive a completely free, if we don't do anything else for you, we will do this for you, a completely free risk analysis from our firm. It's no obligation or anything like that. It's just something we think is very important for you to have done. We can address, we can look at your financial positions where you're invested, and we can analyze the risk that you are taking on. Some people don't even know how much risk they have in their financial portfolios. It's very important to know that. Just shoot us an email and in the subject line, write free risk analysis in the subject line. Send that to connect at clientsexcel.com and we'll send that out to you. Now, some of you may be asking yourself, what is a risk analysis? It sounds like something from NASA and it's going to be 200 pages of stuff I can't understand probably. Well, the answer to that is no. A risk analysis is a simple review of your retirement portfolio to determine how much of your assets are at risk in the market and what chance you have of not reaching your desired financial goals. What this does in a few simple pages is it gives you an at-a-glance clarity around where you stand financially and what risk adjustments you might need to make. 
What this ultimately means, though, is that for some of you, you could, for the first time in your lives, have a definite answer as to whether your goals are within reach. And right now, with so much feeling, so many people feeling uncertainty, this kind of certainty is invaluable. So I highly encourage you to take us up on this as this is the kind of clarity that's possible, and many people have just never had it. But our clients, they have that. As for our election, Donald Trump tends to be a polarizing figure. I know that. He seems to maintain a loyal following among his supporters, though. The adverse effects, though, of the coronavirus could contribute to him uh, being very behind in the polls. Moving on to the general election, the pandemic represents several unique risks to the president. Keep in mind, Trump did beat the odds in 2016 to not only win the Republican nomination, but also to win the presidency. That's not something anyone should dismiss. Uh, The pandemic is the biggest national crisis Trump has had to manage. Voters could look at the death toll and the toll and the inability to contain the virus at levels seen in other countries around the globe and conclude that Trump's re-election could cause the crisis to worsen in a second term. Some people can make that argument. Many statements he has made regarding the virus can be called into question, too, really, as well as his decision to push much of the pandemic response to the nation's governors. They could critique him, and I've heard that before. But remember, there's a reason behind why this country is named the United States. The Founding Fathers coveted states' rights. Their desire to ensure individual liberty hinged on restricting centralized power. So it can be argued that Trump's handling of the coronavirus pandemic developed in a principle on states and local municipalities knowing what is best for their communities. Credibility is a big thing for Trump as well, and uh, his words matching or not matching the reality to the average voter. This could be especially true as the election nears. Now, Trump does not always help himself either with whatever he says or he tweets. His credibility has been criticized in some circles by investigations that have been launched since he took office involving both political and personal maneuverings. But a question to consider, too, is how much can the people telling the story, the media, be trusted? Our parents and grandparents said that, uh, said this, and now all of us in the room have lived it. You can't believe everything you read or hear, right? A question remains, though. Will voters see a disconnect between Trump's words and how they view the COVID-19 and its impact on their wallets? This brings us to the economy. The percentage of voters who approve of Trump's handling of the economy generally exceeds the percentages of who approve of him personally. A perceived economic downturn, including high unemployment, could place in jeopardy the support of the former group. As for the virus, some might view the outbreak as something out of Trump's control and believe that he will uh, reconstitute a strong economy when the effects pass, just as he maintained a strong economy after he took office. In particular, the gains in the market since the COVID crash have been impressive. Strong rallies coming off the March drop have found the stock market indices achieving record highs. While the effects of the coronavirus have contributed to Trump's deficit in the polls, it doesn't necessarily mean he'll be ousted in November. Too many variables exist to make an authoritative call 
just yet about the presidential election. Although Joe Biden is known is a known commodity as a two-term vice president to Barack Obama, he could slip up on the campaign trail in the last stretch here, and uh, he is aged and he's prone to misspeaking. This could lead to a poor debate performance against Trump in the last debate this week. Remember, too, that you never quite know what kind of wild card a vice presidential pick can have. We'll have to see what kind of impact Biden's choice of Kamala Harris will have on this race. I mean, I don't think that we will fully understand that until after the fact. Here are a couple other tidbits for you, trivia buffs. Hillary Clinton led most national polls prior to the 2016 election, but could not gain the advantage needed in the Electoral College. Also, it's been 28 years since an incumbent president lost a re-election bid. Back to George H.W. Bush in the early 90s. Polling has shown that among those who voted in 2016 and are certain to vote again in 2020, the national lead for Biden uh, is is higher right now as an outsider who could drain the swamp. He remains something of a maverick and is prone to talk tough while sometimes disregarding the advice of his own administration officials. And so this has been problematic for him in the news. And uh, a segment of society is fed up with politics and, and is tired of his aggressive approach and tone. One of Trump's signature legislative achievements, though, came shortly after he was elected when he signed the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And we have spent a lot of time on this in the podcast in the past and uh, what it means for us and what we can do as a result. The, the measure, this measure, though, cut individual tax rates and uh, it expires in 20, at the end of 2025, going into 2026. And Congress could renew some or all of the provisions at any time. What would you predict will happen, though, with taxes, especially after several rounds of relief spending amounting to trillions of dollars that has been appropriated this year to assist individuals and businesses impacted by COVID-19? Basically, taxes are going to be higher, right? At some point, these trillions will need to be repaid. And guess who the burden falls upon? Taxpayers like you and me. Keep in mind, that too, that when those Trump tax cuts do expire, most taxpayers will likely be hit with some kind of tax hike unless the provisions of the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act are extended. This could very well impact your individual retirement accounts, your IRAs, why, you ask? Let me explain the difference between a traditional IRA and a Roth IRA. A traditional IRA allows you to put pre-tax dollars in. These dollars can grow tax-deferred, meaning you pay no taxes until you start taking withdrawals. A Roth IRA is funded with already tax dollars. Taxes do not have to be paid later when you take distributions after the age of 59 and a half as long as those funds have been in the plan for at least five years. Think about farmers for a moment. I think we should all, from time to time, when giving thanks for the food at our tables, uh, think especially for the farmers who, who, who grow our food. Uh, would you rather pay tax, though, on the seeds, or would you rather pay tax on the harvest that results from the seeds? The seeds, right? A Roth IRA is much like those seeds, paid for with taxes up front. Taxes on a traditional IRA are paid later on the harvest, which has the potential to take a bite out of a 
out of a crop or your savings. Or in the case of retirees, their income that's needed once your paycheck ceased to exist from all that time when you were working. When you retire, those paychecks cease. A Roth conversion may be something to consider. One, because taxes are low right now, historically low. Two, by doing a Roth conversion, you can save on taxes those traditional IRAs could bring you in retirement. So you may be paying more in taxes in retirement because you have a traditional IRA. I want to pass along a few more details on the potential tax savings from a Roth IRA conversion while introducing you to our next uh, talking point here. The tax savings uh, we're talking about are on a $750,000 IRA account. So you have $750,000 in your IRA, you're in a 25% tax bracket, and you have an annual pre-tax earnings rate of 4%. So you're earning 4%, you're in a 25% tax bracket, you have $750,000 in your tax-deferred account. There are other variables too, and these are all factors in in how a Roth conversion is calculated. It's what we look into when reviewing whether a Roth conversion is appropriate for you and your portfolio. Uh, What do we do? We can we can do this for you by uh, and, and calculate these numbers and run a report on this as well. Uh, we just need to schedule some time to speak, and you can do that by going to Excel in Retirement, e x c e l in Retirement dot com, and that will bring up my calendar, and you can schedule a fifteen minute call there with us, and we can talk about how. Uh, Roth conversions work and whether it may be appropriate for you. And uh, the real question you have to ask yourself is, do you believe taxes in the future will be higher than they are today? If you believe taxes will be higher in the future than they are today, then having a conversation about a Roth conversion is appropriate for you. If you believe taxes are going to continue to be where they are, or they may be lower in the future, we don't need to talk. Don't schedule a time to talk. You're good where you're at. A Roth conversion is simply a quick check to see how beneficial a Roth conversion would be for you. Unless you know exactly what a conversion would cost in taxes, both now and prior to the recent stock market decline. So you can get a sense of what it might cost should your account rebound fully to its pre-COVID-19 levels. What this ultimately means to you, though, is you can take a wise decision as to whether a Roth conversion is ultimately worth it for you now or not. You can make a wise decision about it once you've seen the numbers. If you'd like our help in actually completing the conversion, we'll let you know exactly what you need to do in order to make that happen. A few more insights or thoughts about the election. Because voting, you know, it's our civic duty. But I'm not sure if the turnout is going to be as strong as maybe it initially anticipated, although the reports I'm reading now is something like 28 million people have already voted in early voting. The pandemic has dampened some of the excitement, it seems, uh, for for uh, politics and, and political discourse, uh, but it seems like people are still motivated, in part because the candidates have, have, been, compl- have been campaigning very differently. And the conventions look different, of course. We saw that over the summer. Also, how are you going to vote? Our new normal, if you will, led to many people using the mail-in balloting system, and uh, that's been a staple. 
Funding for the Postal Service, however, is a relatively new issue that could keep pallets from arriving on time. So this needs to be considered. Expand that issue to 50 states plus all of our territories, and you can imagine the challenges we'll have in the next few weeks. We need to prepare ourselves for the possibility of a contested election even. That could take time to sort out after Election Day, especially if the results from swing states are tight and we have issues like hanging chads, a phrase you might recall from the election in 2000 between George W. Bush and Al Gore. The issue of election legitimacy is a big concern. This is what Biden said on June 10th, quote, Trump is going to try to steal this election, end quote. And this is what Trump said on July 19th when he was asked if he would accept the results of the election as legitimate if he loses. Quote, no, I am not going to just say yes. I'm going to say no, and I did it last time either, end quote. That kind of certainty or that kind of sentiment certainly paints the possibility for post-election uproar. Confusion, apathy, slow returns, changing rules, reports of foreign intervention or interference, all of that feeds the narrative of election fraud. What if the Supreme Court gets involved like it did in 2000? What if the outcome is decided by just a few votes, perhaps in one state or or one district? How do voters of the losing party react if they lose? Obviously, they will feel the election was taken from them, but how does this frustration manifest itself? The 2020 election is certainly a horse race, not only for the presidency, but also seats that are up for grabs in the House and the Senate. How could this this final tally affect you, though, especially if the Supreme Court gets involved with the presidential race? Well, even after you layer on whatever factors you want to consider about this election, the reaction of the stock market is hard to predict. Timing the market based on the results of an election seems pretty good in theory, but it's only theory. Assumptions don't always hold true about candidates, platforms, or their effects on the economy. This much we do know. Life will go on, and eventually... Economic conditions will factor into your income plan, investments, taxes, legacy planning, health care, and all other components of a comprehensive retirement plan. Quickly, before we end here, I want to address the first component in the development of an income plan. This is the number one concern for anyone coming to our office for appointments. It's also the number one reason for having a written plan you can use to guide your financial decisions in retirement. However, it leads us to another action step you should elect to do to help ensure your financial foundation is secure regardless of who is president. I don't know that there is anything we would be talking about that's more important for most of our clients than this. So be sure you're listening to these next two or three minutes. For years now, when our new clients have walked into the doors, we've visited with them about the different parts of their fiscal or financial house, just like when building our physical houses. When building our fiscal houses, it's absolutely critical that we get one thing straight and solid. That one thing, of course, is our foundation. Several of you uh, listening probably have built a home before, And as far as the excitement goes, unless you just like staring at concrete, foundations are some of the most boring things to look at. They're just several walls of cement poured several feet deep into the ground and reinforced with rebar. They're not that exciting, are they? 
but they are absolutely critical to the house's structure. Everything is built on the foundation. So those fancy granite countertops we all love or that amazing master bath we build, those things don't matter much if the foundation caves. The same is true of your foundation in retirement. In retirement, the equivalent of your boring foundation is your income. For 30 or 40 years, the vast majority of you have been receiving regular paychecks, but once in retirement, the responsibility of manufacturing those that those paychecks falls primarily on you. And when it comes to your paychecks in retirement, the last thing most people are looking for is excitement. Instead, they want consistency and predictability. Once in retirement, no one wants to find a crack in their financial plan. This could show up in a number of different ways. It could look like a significant loss in the market that might impact the amount you have to create retirement income from, or it could look like paychecks that simply don't keep up with the pace of inflation over time, or it could look like a stroke or other significant health event that requires you to tap into a big portion of your assets and derail the plan. But the bottom line is generally the same. You get one shot at retirement and no one wants a big surprise as it relates to their income. So let's pause here and ask a question. If you've been working with an advisor now, he or she has, have they provided you with some sort of written retirement income plan? Some of you may be thinking back to your last annual review with your advisor or the statements you get and you faithfully filed them away. To be clear, something like that isn't a plan. And frankly, if you feel you need an interpreter to understand what you're getting in the mail or what the advisor is putting in front of you, that isn't really a plan either. Think about the plans many families establish with their kids in case they were ever to have a fire in their homes. Do those plans require a translator to understand them? Of course not, right? They're incredibly simple. You're going to get out through this hallway, and if that's not an option, you're going to go out through this way or this window, and we're going to meet at the end of the drive or behind the house or whatever. Plans are meant to be simple and understandable because that's how you need them to be when you really need them. A true retirement plan in just a few concise pages and simple English should answer these five questions. This is gold. Number one, it should tell you exactly when the paychecks you, you create for yourself in retirement will begin and which money you'll tap into first. Second, it should tell you in what order you'll tap into those paychecks or uh, pockets or buckets or however you want to put it of money because that's very important. And third, a good retirement income plan won't just stay static because the cost of goods doesn't stay static either. So it will need to grow over time. Number four, it should have a built-in provision for what should happen if you or your spouse should become incapacitated or need long-term care. And finally, this is perhaps the greatest question we can help you address. It should mathematically show you exactly how long your money will last, regardless of what happens with the elections, market crashes, or global pandemics. Now, I know some of you may be sitting there saying to yourself, if this is the kind of thing is possible, why don't we have one of these? Why, I haven't, I, I've never fully understood my plan or had this kind of clarity. That might be what you're saying. If that's you, 
I have two pieces of encouragement as we wrap up here on this show. First, you are not alone. Believe it or not, the vast majority of those we visit with each week and uh, we work with as a financial advisor, they normally don't have a written retirement income plan. We see it all the time. So don't think for a second you're an odd one or you're, you're weird or something like that. This is incredibly common. And it's not your fault. And I don't want you to hear that. I, I don't want you to hear that it's your fault. It's not, because that's what we're here for. And I know at some point in some people's lives, not knowing exactly how investing or planning for retirement works, they made a brave and bold decision. You likely did at some point. They picked up the phone and they called someone to help them. And if you did that at some point, then hear me. I want to commend you because you took action and you will likely uh, are where you are today because of that. The fact that no one has created a written retirement income, income plan for you isn't your fault. The truth of the matter is you did your part. And candidly, several advisors just don't really specialize in this part of the game. It doesn't necessarily mean they're bad advisors even. Many of them are great at helping you accumulate up to retirement, and they may do a wonderful job of that. It's just that when you get to retirement, you want to make sure you've got someone looking at things who specializes in helping you get through retirement. At Clients Excel, we think that's really important. So our final action step for you is to get a retirement income plan. The plan's have all five of those things that we just covered that we work with. And best of all, it's an easy to read layman's terms that you can understand whenever you need it. What does that really mean though to you? It means you can finally put people's biggest concern to rest. And that biggest concern for most people is, do I have enough? You can put that concern to bed because we'll have tested that mathematically for you and ensured in writing exactly how long your money will last and exactly how your plan will work. Folks, there are plenty of other things to have on your mind right now. Your money doesn't have to be one of them. So if you'd like to have this kind of clarity, grab uh, your calendar and go to excelinretirement.com and schedule a 15-minute call with me, and we can start uh, this planning process. If you perhaps for the first time in your financial life would like to achieve real clarity and have an easy to understand plan and officially quit worrying about whether you have enough retirement, simply let us know that when we speak. If, if, uh, if, if that's something we can help you with, we'd be honored to help you. Okay, well, thank you for listening, folks. That's our show for today. We appreciate you listening. As always, you can always reach me by calling 864-618-4800 or emailing us at connect at clientsexcel.com. If you'd like to schedule some time to speak, just go over to excelinretirement.com and you can schedule it there. Thanks again. See you next week. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management and Clients Excel are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including potential loss of principal. Any reference to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the insuring carrier. 
This podcast is intended for informational purposes only. It's not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet particular needs of an individual situation. Clients Excel is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Clients Excel. The use of logos and or trademarks of podcast hosting sites are the property of their respective owners and are not an endorsement by those owners of our firm or our program.